Welcome to Shoujo and Tell, where we discuss shoujo manga and tell who's hot and who's not, talk about themes, and just generally geek out. Today, August 23rd, 2023, will be Shoujo and Telling about the series The Vision of Escaflone by Katsuaki. That's the shonen manga version of Escaflone, which is objectively the worst version of Escaflone. <laughs> Yay, us! I'm your host, Ashley McDonald, and I'm joined by my one true love, Rabbi Asher Softman. Hello, Rabbi Asher. <laughs> Rabbi Asher! <laughs> uh-huh. That's your name now. <laughs> it is, unfortunately, in many respects. <laughs> Why are you so disgusted? You went to school for so many years to become Rabbi Asher! It's weird when you say it. <laughs> weird when I say it. <laughs> okay. Well, I think everybody knows everything they need to know about you. You're a rabbi. <laughs> yeah. who, who is my husband? Yeah, which makes it easy for you to make me read crap manga that no one else should buy because yeah. you buy it and uh, then well, I'm right there. Hold on a second. It's also out of print, so that makes it it makes it harder. The pool of people yes. <laughs> is smaller. Okay. Expensive crap manga. <laughs> Expensive crap manga. I yeah, I looked it up and. I think I saw volume six or eight or some one of the later volumes was going for $50 on Amazon. And no, no. <laughs> all, all around, I say no to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so would you like to say anything about yourself or are we just, we're just going for it? I think that's all people need to know about me. I have no credentials. You have no credentials. You're just a rabbi. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So Escaflone. So... If you're familiar with Escaflone, you're probably more familiar with either the anime or the movie. And that's that's not what this is. I mean, those are both very different from each other to begin with, but that's not what this is. <laughs> so we're we're here to talk about the shonen manga. And it's so shonen, much manga. So <laughs> I feel like if I give a plot synopsis, it might not sound that different from the series, but I'll try to hype up the differences. So, oh, this is this this first section is we're gonna try to be spoiler free, but also this is an old manga, so like, whatever, <laughs> based on an anime, you may or may not know. Um, but we we will try to be spoiler free until I say no. It's like all the spoiler time. Um, so here we go. So. Escaflone, shonen manga version. There is still Hitomi. Her last name is Hoshino. Duh. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I have to say that. She still dabbles in fortune telling and all that cool jazz, but she's she's having dreams of a, a prince in a faraway land. And she's like, what, what does all of this mean? And you know her friend, Yukiko, Yukari, in the anime... Is like, is the prince hot? Like, is he hot though? And he's like, I don't. <laughs> what do you want from me? Um, but yeah, Hitomi ends up going to, like, summoned to the world of Gaia, and is confused. Like, why am I here? I like the prince wasn't hot enough for this. No, <laughs> that's not what she says. <laughs> um, so she goes, 
And in this regard, it's much more like the movie where she is what is needed to like power Escaflone. <laughs> and Escaflone in this version is, you know, still a giant mech, protector of God, God of Finalia, the land of Finalia. Uh, the prince is still Prince Vaughn, who sucks in this version, just quite frankly. <laughs> like, he sure is a little shit <laughs> in this version. But so they are getting attacked by who else? Zybok. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Fire Nation attacked. And then the Fire Nation attacked. It was Delandell. <laughs> they come and what the, they want Escaflone. In, in this version, Zybok is trying to gather... Energist, you know, the batteries of Gaia, <laughs> basically. They are trying to mine Energist. And Hitomi, the big, I think one of the biggest changes is Hitomi, like from a plot standpoint, without spoiling, is Hitomi is literally an Energist. She doesn't just have a pendant that looks like, you know, the good old Dragonheart Energist. No, she just straight up is Energist. <laughs> like her body is stone <laughs> but she's also kind of being possessed by i don't they're, they're not named like in the anime where they're like atlanteans some the some ancients. ancient people that's true they are just they're the ancients she is merged she's been summoned by like the spirits of the ancient escaflore <laughs> who is a girl who was an ancient like i don't know it all makes sense okay so zybox bad <laughs> and so they destroy Finalia and Bon and Hitomi are like, no, Finalia was nice though. We gotta go, gotta go destroy the Zybok. Other big change is that Vaughn has a mom who is not dead <laughs> in this one. Uh, she also doesn't have mag magic angel wings, so pff, to that. Uh <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, she gets captured by Delandell. Delandell is a crazy person. So you you can imagine how that goes. And they want to go save. Her name is Escalina. Let's make it more confusing. Her name is Escalina. <laughs> Let's go save Escalina from Zybok. Let's go stop Zybok from mining all of the energists and destroying the planet. Like climate change is real. Hashtag climate change is real. <laughs> That's the basic non-spoiler premise of this, I think. Um, so what is our level of familiarity with this manga series, with Escaflone in any iteration? Asher, you go first because your answer is way more boring. Yeah, my answer is way more boring. I watched Escaf I watched a little bit of it as a kid, I think, you know, when it was on TV for a second there. I am very familiar of when it was on TV for a second there, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But then I don't think I watched it in full until you made me watch it in college. Um, yes. Right? It was yes. in college? Oh, yes. Yes. Freshman year. And then I watched it again just a couple months ago in preparation for <laughs> reading this manga. And now I've read this manga. And that's that's my familiarity. That, that's okay. That's your whole thing. So I have a little like, <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard for me to overstate the importance of Escaflone to me. I think I've said it several times on this podcast. There are many recordings of me saying it, but like, I want to, I want to paint a picture for you. All right. <laughs> like, I would say that Escaflone anime is one of two great obsessions in my life. 
The other of which was The Hunger Games, at least media obsessions, right? Like the other one's The Hunger Games. Escaflone consumed my entire life from the ages of 10 to 18, okay? Uh, when it aired on Fox Kids, I just like, it blew my mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had never seen any like storytelling conventions just gone, like done. It was like everything you know about stories, throw it out the window. <laughs> Here's animation. No, you don't know anything, you know? It wasn't it wasn't the first anime I'd ever seen. Like I had definitely watched Digimon. Card Captors was airing at the same time. Like Sailor Moon <laughs> was in my sphere, you know, but I was like I did not know to love anime until Escaflore. <laughs> okay. So Fox Kids aired it is the end of 2000. They only aired like 10 episodes. I literally tried to petition them to not drop it. <laughs> I asked kids in my class. I asked teachers if I could stand up in front of the class and ask if they would sign a petition <laughs> to send a Fox Kids for them not to drop it. Okay. Did, did the teachers say yes? Yes. Of course I did. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mailed stuff to Fox <laughs> I knew you did that. I didn't know about the the oh, teachers. Oh yeah. Yeah. I it was oh my gosh, the obsession was wild. I would save up all my money to go buy the VHSs and then just, you know, watch whatever three or four episodes were on those things a million times. Uh I like to sometimes currently and back then try to play songs for it from the soundtrack on my violin. Really love memory of Finalia, like dope. You know, this was probably, again, my gateway drug into anime. So my friend Jessica was like, yeah, glad you finally got on this bandwagon. Let's go. Esco, like, Fushigi Yugi time. You know, she's been on for Cardcaptor Sakura and Fushigi Yugi, like, yes, <laughs> that's how we got there. I wrote a paper definitely about <laughs> Escafone in college. I was on an episode of the Anime News Network podcast to discuss the movie version. I wanted to drop $5,000 to be in the Funimation dub. Like, I strongly considered that. I did not do it <laughs> when they ran the Kickstarter. I I would attribute the reason that I've made over 100 episodes of this podcast, Escaflone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. On it, like, literally last weekend, Asher and I were with one of my high school friends who we, like, hang out with regularly now. Our, our mutual obsession there... Not as hardcore, but is <laughs> Cyborg 009. Um, and he was talking about how he's not really like super into current anime and like the reason he's never gotten more widely into anime is because he started with Evangelion and just Evangelion's just so good, you know, masterclass in anime, so intellectual. And he was immediately like, I know it's not Escaflone, actually, <laughs> like, <laughs> like in that tone. And everything. And I was, I didn't even say anything. That's just the person that I was, maybe still am. I don't know. Okay. Like, that's what I'm saying. So, most relevant to this podcast is that I, yeah, I bought all eight volumes. You know, the money that I earned from walking my neighbor's dog or whatever when I was 12, I would save up that money <laughs> and I bothered to buy. These eight volumes for the shonen manga version that is not good. <laughs> it's not I wouldn't say it's bad, but it's uh, not good. Okay. Okay, it's it's mid skewing bad. 
Yeah. I fully would not throw it in the trash is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like, I've read worse things on this podcast. I will continue to read Hot Gimmick. I still want to do that worse. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so I not only did I buy these eight volumes, I have kept them for whatever, 20 years, even though I have moved across the country twice <laughs> in that amount of time, they are still with me forever and always. <laughs> and so we are here now to... I've never discussed widely with anyone, you know, the actual anime, which is very good <laughs> and my true obsession, but I will probably spend two hours talking about this manga. So let's go. So Azure. Yes. <laughs> do you have a favorite aspect of the manga or you just like throw it in the trash? <laughs> I think there, there are elements of it where I was like, ooh, this could have been interesting, but yeah. they didn't like bring it out more. I actually thought Hitomi's relationship with the ancient possessing the energist that she is also possessing, basically, I thought that was fascinating. Or it could have been, right? Like, right. what are the implications of two souls and one rock? <laughs> um, which, right. And the rock is necessary to power the, the you know, the mech, yeah. which is also a dragon, which will save the world. Like, yeah. Uh, there's a lot there. <laughs> there is a lot there. And it was only briefly just sort of like explained at the end, like, oh, what was Hitomi's connection to this in the first place? But it could have been, what could have been, could have been so much, so much more. And there's this one character, Yaifa, who does not exist in the anime or the movie, who morally actually kind of interesting until he wasn't you know potential <laughs> yeah. potential there's potential a lot of potential here. <laughs> um i think it so it's answer to the question of like the main themes of of escaflone as a franchise like it was based on the same ideas and then just went a fairly different way about playing them out in the world i think it is slightly different in the end but it's still working with the same concepts in a way that i find satisfying i i love in general multiple takes on things i love you know multiverse theory in fiction time travel alternate universes all that stuff and having the manga's sort of different take on the mechanics in a way of the world is I think it's fun having it as a counterpoint to anime Escaflone. I don't know that it really stands on its own for me so much. Otherwise if if I take it on its own, I'm just like, oh, this is just kind of just another right. action adventure fantasy manga that I have read done better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can I can agree with that. Like when you ingest all forms of Escaflone, you're like, okay, this is a very interesting thought experiment going on here. Um, and that can be fun. And to level set, I guess right now, this manga came out before the anime. Like it's the run of the manga started before the anime started airing, like significantly before. Uh not like 
oh, they planned it. You know, like the anime actually had been paused in production, I think, at that point. Uh, but they still greenlit the manga. So the man- this manga is based off of earlier versions of the anime when it had a different director <laughs> and all these all these things. I guess I should state the director. I don't really like usually get too nitty gritty into like factoids like that. But <laughs> so Yasuhiro Imagawa was supposed to be the original director and Kawamori is the one who came up with all the initial like designs and other ideas. So they initially thought of it as more of a shonen thing. That's why this is a shonen manga. <laughs> but then once the actual director of the anime, Kazuki Akane, came on, they really revised what the original story was supposed to be. So, but again, this it's still in conversation with the actual what ended up happening in the anime because it was the manga went in the end, you know, past the run of the anime. I think like they discuss in multiple notes within this manga how it's like oh then they started producing the anime and i started like redoing ideas based on what they had done so it's like literally in dialogue with this <laughs> but yeah so i referred to this as an adaptation on twitter of escaflone and you know some people gave me crap for that because it came out first but i still i i hold firmly to that belief that this is the adaptation <laughs> and not uh <laughs> Not the real version. <laughs> uh, because it was, you know, the anime was what was planned first. Like, they were always like, it's going to be an anime. The manga is an ad for the anime, right? Like, uh, and so the anime ended up being very different. Uh, and it just ran with some early versions of it. Like, this is like a draft one. And, you know, to me, it speaks to the importance of editing. <laughs> they're all iterations they're different iterations iterations. of a core concept core concept or a core bunch of concepts yeah about fate and war Mm -hmm. (laughs) mostly fate (laughs) yeah yeah so for me i'm like you don't know you don't you don't need to read this (laughs) you just need to watch the anime and the movie which are already two pretty different iterations on the same thing uh, that are fairly fascinating takes on different characters and tropes. For me, it's hard to read this. Like, just so many things that I still, from the anime, think about, not super consciously in my daily life, but, like, the things that Escaflone grapples with, I am not so good at still. (laughs) Like... I constantly think about the line that Alan says in the anime where it's like sometimes it takes more courage to believe in someone than to fight. I'm like, man, (laughs) it's so true and it's so hard, right? It's like I have a lot of belovedness for for the anime and reading the manga, I'm just like, all right, there's some interesting things here. I actually think one of the more interesting things is the changes to Delandau. He's like strangely gripping in the manga in a way that like in the anime he's obviously strangely gripping emphasis on the strange (laughs) 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 i feel like there's a more coherence maybe in the manga like it's not just like here's a random curveball out of left field here to make that that more interesting i'm like all right (laughs) i don't need that (laughs) 
but yeah, I don't know. Overall, I'm like, eh, this this manga. Eh. See, the trajectory of this manga is the first two volumes are objectively bad. <laughs> the middle of it, actually, you start to be like, okay, maybe this is starting to go somewhere. And maybe these characters are starting to be endearing. And then there are some characters introduced where you're like, no, you came and you ruined it. You, you ruined it. Okay, you ruined it. And then the ending's just like, eh, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, think about this too, too hard. I'm going to wash my hands of this, make it a very pat. He just wanted a hug from his dad. <laughs> ending, you know, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not worth it, you know? No. But anyway, if you too just want to be obsessed with Escaflone. I should also say that there is a shoujo manga version of Escaflone. It is only two volumes. It has never been officially translated into English. It probably never will be. I do have them in Japanese. I do believe <laughs> that there was one point where I found a website that had, you know, fran fan translated all the panel. Like it wasn't a scanlation. It was just literally like, here's a text dump <laughs> mm -hmm. of what each text box says. And I do remember, I believe, reading it that way once. But, you know, that was, I don't know, 15 years ago or something. Uh, so that that to me, I I briefly tried to find it, but I, I'm pretty sure that's probably been lost to the sands of time. But if you know where it is, like, please do link it to me. I would absolutely do another episode on Escaflone. Oh, my God. Shoujo manga version. Astro's like, no! <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Free me. Free me from the Escaflone. <laughs> Deliver us, Escaflone. <laughs> no. But so if you really want to go read this, I think you can find, especially the early volumes, you can find volume one for like $3 because nobody wants that. <laughs> and there's enough of them in the world, I guess. So, you know, you can go, you can go try it out. Buy it. See Don't. what it's like. Or you could just go watch the anime or the movie, <laughs> which I strongly advise. And you can just li listen to us rant more in detail starting now <laughs> about shonen manga escafone. All right. <laughs> so this is a spoiler warning. We're going to spoil all the things about, not all the things, a lot of things about shonen manga escafone. So let's, let's go. <laughs> let's Let, do it. Let's do it to it. I feel like I should read, I'm not speaking into the mic. I feel like I should read the opening, like Tokyo Pop apologizing to us for bringing this <laughs> over. <laughs> oh man, that thing. That is so weird. From Leanne Centaur, yes. who's actually like, you know, a big <laughs> translator. <laughs> but so here we go. This is the introduction to volume one and actually like most volumes. Maybe through like volume five or six, I think. Maybe all of them. Oh, yeah. Literally all of them. Okay, here we go. So, Tenku no Escaflone, Escaflone of the Heavens, or The Vision of Escaflone in North America, began as a story in the minds of uh, Hajime Yatate and Shoji Kawamori, two brilliant creators who planned Tomi's epic tale to appear as an animated television series. While most anime series begin as manga, Escaflone's two manga series were built off of the ideas developed for the anime. Yuzuru Yashiro's shoujo, or girls manga, 
is two volumes in length. In contrast, Katsuaki Shonen, or boys manga, is much longer and happens to be the version you are you now hold in your hands. Aki-sensei... It's <laughs> killing me. <laughs> I'm dead. Okay. <laughs> Aki-sensei handled both the art and writing for this title, and it was actually the first version of Escaflone to reach the public. While based on the concept of, of the anime, it began its serialization before the anime was complete. This version of the Escaflone tale has a different flavor than the television series, with more action, tweaked character design, and an altered story. As a result, it is difficult to closely compare the two. They are simply two different versions of Hitomi's adventures. Yes, Hitomi's adventures. Sure. <laughs> That's me. Interjecting. <laughs> Escaflone's versatility has always fetched great praise over the years. Its manga counterparts only expand the world's reach and deepen its universe. With that in mind, please put aside all preconceptions you may have as you sit back, relax, and enjoy this new look at the world of Escaflone like you've never seen it before. Dun dun dun. <laughs> it's like... It's like a fan fiction disclaimer. It's like a fan fiction disclaimer. <laughs> it truly is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is this is the fan fiction of Escaflone that we did not deserve. <laughs> I've written lots of Escaflone fan fiction. I didn't even put that in my thing. I wrote so much Escaflone fan fiction. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> So the different flavor. So it's hard to tell. I will I will give this disclaimer. It is hard to tell what is a Tokyo Pap translation nonsense, right? Like and what is actually Vaughn is just a little shithead like this, right? Or like or like really all of the characters, they're just like have to throw in I'm gonna stick it up your ass and like shit like that, you know? <laughs> That's how they talk. I don't know if that is a Tokyo popism or like that's how they actually spoke at all in the initial manga. I lean towards it's probably a Tokyo, like a combination, maybe. I don't know. It's bad. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Japanese, the, the, the way of indicating, I, I think it could be something of a mix of both because the way of indicating a character's brash hot-headed shonen self in Japanese <laughs> is to have him speak a certain way right mm -hmm. like with a certain level of informality certain pronouns yeah. um certain verb tenses even um they had not figured out how to convey that properly in English yet <laughs> yeah they just went for all right he's being rude so we're gonna have him cuss every other word um, and call people really insulting things. Yeah. And like the only reason I think some of that might have truly been there is like volume one Vaughn is so aggressive. Like, what? Why does he like poke Balgus in the forehead such that he bleeds with a sword? Like, why? <laughs> right. What is he doing? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah, we discussed there are four versions. We can rank the three legally available English. It's we've already done this anime, <laughs> TV version, movie, 
this manga. <laughs> like, I feel yeah. like I would put the shoujo manga above this manga, but like it didn't. It doesn't. It's. I feel like both the mangas are like you don't need that. Anyway, let's. This is Hitomi's adventure. Okay, so let's start with Hitomi. Hitomi in this in this manga. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> This manga is shonen, so they're like, it needs to be fan service. But this Hitomi is not sexy. (laughs) They like purposely made her not sexy, but then also made her naked like 50% of the time. (laughs) Yeah. It's unfortunate. I don't I don't get it. Because she's the girl. And boobs. Boobs. She has tits and everything sometimes. <laughs> like, <It> does. <laughs> so she starts off with glasses. And then again, it did the thing where it was like, you know what? I'm tired of drawing that. And it's not sexy by volume like three. I think it just decided that when she was in Gaia, she didn't need like gla- like in Gaia. You don't need glasses. <laughs> I think whenever she's transformed, she had to take the glasses off. Uh, so they were just like, I forget this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I had to take my glasses off every time I did the thing I was ostensibly on the planet to do, I might just like put them aside somewhere too. <laughs> You'd be like, it's fine. You're all blurry. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. What's here to see? <laughs> What's here to see? Vaughn? Eh. <laughs> I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him in his green haired weirdness. Like, ugh. I don't want to see his stupid puffy sleeves. I don't want to see his stupid puffy sleeves. I don't want to see all everybody who has their like crotch cut out in their pants and everything, <laughs> which she does too, to be fair. Like, why? <laughs> That's my biggest question. Why? So, this is Tommy. Is there like a personality there that we can discuss? <laughs> like, no. no. She's, she's very weak like not just as a character like not just oh she's a weak girl who needs big strong Vaughn he's not big or strong the joke was that he was small I think they again were like all right you know what the joke is not that he's shorter than her that's not like they're the same size (laughs) yeah they're roughly the same um but it like he needs to man up for her right right but she's also just like so she's not just weak in the context like in character but like she's weak as a character like there's nothing there there's nothing there <laughs> and literally like this is like the art conveys this all of the time and he's like every pose of her in the first volume is like this meek like shy like contorting herself into some weird pose like trying to hang in the background person whereas Vaughn is like I am Vaughn. (laughs) I stand confidently with my broad shoulders, even though I am short and I suck at everything, (laughs) you know, like, and Hitomi is just like, oh my gosh, Vaughn, maybe you shouldn't cut people. (laughs) Please. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's it for at least the first two volumes. Then there's like a hard turn in like volume two or three where they're having a battle and Hitomi is being weak, even in her, in her transformed state. And, you know, typical woman, she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry, Vaughn, for being weak. And Vaughn just looks at her and there's a panel where you're like, oh, he's going to suck, right? Because he sucks. And he looks at her and then he's just like, don't worry about it, Hitomi. 
it's not your fault. I'm the one who sucks. And you're like, wow, (laughs) you're right. (laughs) And then from there, he like sucks less, but he's still nothing compared to other Vaughn. (laughs) No, other Vaughn is great. And not because he's like strong. No. Or whatever. It's because he like has empathy and changes slowly as a human being and makes mistakes in the in the attempt to change and be better yeah this bond doesn't fundamentally change it's just like it's the thing where like he 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 acknowledged the weakness and then he was just magically better like (laughs) from there and you're like no that's not how it works (laughs) like the fools in the Escaflone TV series had to acknowledge as a problem 10 times. And then they still don't get it right. They still don't get it. Yeah, so Vaughn is just a, a curse machine who definitely is a lot of bluster until he's suddenly not, until he's suddenly not bluster. <laughs> he's just, right. then he's good. Not as good as Alan, who is a nothingness in this book. <laughs> yeah, Alan also has no personality weak weak character yeah and they like acknowledge that again and they like they set him up to be this whole like mysterious person who we're gonna find out a lot about no (laughs) you won't find out anything about that he's just he's just there you did not need him you can delete him from this it would change nothing about the plot change absolutely nothing about the plot (laughs) he's just there to look He's. I truly. I. What is he there? To- <laughs> uh, I think he's there because he was important in the original concept. Yeah, but not here. Not here. No. Katsuaki was like, nah. No, I mean he helps them outside of Finelia, but anyone could have done that. Anyone could have done that. Truly, yeah. He's like he's strong and helpful, but like not really. I don't know how to convey the. The sheer uselessness of Alan in this version. He's just useless. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So the one true, maybe interesting character, you know, that carries over from the anime, at least, is Delando. Because you can't you can't mess up Delando. <laughs> you can mess up Delando, but like there is just something about there's something about a really good villain, you know? Yeah. So this Delandal is visually very different than the two Delandals that look very similar are from the TV and the the movie. This Delandal, I believe, um, Megan, uh, who runs manga test drive vlog on Blue Sky, pointed out that he looks like Prince. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, He, he looks like the singer Prince. He has like darker skin, like poofy hair (laughs) where one of his eyes is covered usually by his poofy hair he's wearing like he looks like a comedic french naval commander to me at times you know like in his getup um (laughs) but he's still insane he's he's still a crazy boy so yeah just not the same way well It's hard to be the same kind of crazy as anime Delandell for sure, you know? <laughs> That's, it's a shame we don't get Jujuka! Jujuka! It's okay, we got Yaifa. <laughs> yeah, we got Yaifa instead. We'll get to him. <laughs> yes. So I, I, it's hard for me to pinpoint why this Delandell is so compelling. I think it's because 
each character approaches him and is like, you know what, Delandal? No, you're not who you think you are or who you want us to think you are. And he's just like, what? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> like, I killed you. <laughs> you know? Like, and it's like, who is the crazy? Like, it makes you question who's the crazy ones in this exchange. <laughs> <laughs> and like, there's something delightful about that. <laughs> Do you feel similarly? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like, you know, I've seen better characters in the role that manga Delanda was playing but you know compared to the other characters in the manga he's a delight oh yeah he's like he has a personality you're like oh yeah. my god thank you yeah thank you for being here <laughs> yeah <laughs> driving the plot along he right? is the plot <laughs> truly helena saint tessero is the plot helena saint tessero is the plot <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Delandal Alberto is the plot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, I'm kind of over that type of character. That's fair. And yeah, I mean, it was icky. Like, I mean, this ickiness is carried throughout the manga with other characters, too. But it's also like Delandal has Bond's mom, Escalina, in captivity for a while because he has a memory of her from when he was a boy of her singing and like that was really impactful to him so he's being like ah i want you to sing for me my little bird blah 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 and he gets like rapey about it eventually and you're like i didn't need that hitomi gets raped like at least twice implied rapes (laughs) like not rape as you know fantasy rapes (laughs) you know um i was like i don't need that I don't need that. That is that is truly this manga's greatest sin is being like shonen means you can just rape all the women all the time and make them naked and you're like no. And this this is where I'm always like you see like if you made a shoujo manga where main characters are men, we're always so nice to them. <laughs> okay? Like I don't Anyway, I don't understand. Anyway, I fundamentally don't understand. And I give up understanding. I just don't care anymore. I ignore all the things that I don't like. I think another fascinating character change carryover from the anime is Zongi. Mm-hmm. So Zongi in the anime is a doppelganger. He's only there for like two, three episodes max. <laughs> um, he has a very impactful mid, mid-series plot point where he you know is trying to get all of our main characters executed in the in the duchy of afraid (laughs) um yeah he steals the soul of a monk and tries to like get hitomi killed but uh hitomi basically kills him well delandal kills him many people ruin his life okay that's all i'm saying (laughs) um he was pretty fun in the anime so this Zongi carries, I would say, more visual similarities through uh, both, even though he's very different looking. Uh, he has the same like face streaks and everything, but he's the exact opposite in build as <laughs> um, anime Zongi. Uh, anime Zongi's all skinny and nothingness and a, a weird creeper man. And this this 
Mangazangi is an admiral for for Zybok, and he's like beefy and stocky and like ah, and they have the same like my people have been oppressed and abused by war and we're fighting for the wrong side because we just want to survive like that. That is still their central shared plot. Um, but he was fun. People had moral yeah, disagreements about him in the manga. So it felt like, yes, thank you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> quandaries are happening. <laughs> People have character here, you know, <laughs> uh, basically he, he had a son who did not agree with his decision to go along with Zybok. His son was like, no, you should fight. You should be the Ukraine here, right? Like <laughs> his son was like, we should be Ukraine. Um, but he had two nieces who are basically the Narya area equivalents in the anime. They are not cat people in this. They are whatever race. They ha- they're called Ryons or something in the manga. So yeah, so he has, he has those two people who did, they like admire him a lot. They're like, he's so strong. We follow him. We will fight for Zybok. Um, their names are, gosh, what are their names? Colt, Colt. Normal. Colt and Shilha. Shilha. I don't know where Shilha is from. But like, thanks, Colt. I can say that. You know? <laughs> I think they're sort of, if you if you think about the Japanese alphabet, they're sort of close to the way they would say gold and silver. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Because they're, their machines are gold and, and silver, which is kind of a carryover from the anime, too. Anime plays with that a little bit. So, yeah. So, Zonki's fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like Zongi and Delaney. I like all the bad guys. Is that what I'm saying? I think that might be what I'm saying. Ooh, I don't like Dornkirk. That Dorn might Kirk. be what you're saying. That is what I'm saying, though. Oh, I, no. Dornkirk. Dornkirk and this sucks. Yeah. Dornkirk's a downgrade. Downgrade. He's not Isaac Newton downgrade. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a downgrade. I think it does have something interesting. Am I saying that word right anymore? Interesting? Yes. Interesting. There we go. Um, <laughs> I think... Well, maybe we should explain why Dornkirk isn't cool. Like, who who is Dornkirk in this manga? Okay, so Dornkirk, yeah, is one of the ancients who... So the ancients are from Earth. I mean, I guess much like the Atlantis people would have been, <laughs> you know, from in... And Dornkirk was Isaac Newton in the anime, so he was from Earth, sure. So Dornkirk is one of the ancients who was from Earth long ago. And he came over with like a vanguard of of these other ancient people that include the girl Escaflone and there was a guy named Fanalia. And all of this is not really explained well or thoroughly, like why they did anything that they did in the past. It's not important. It's not important. So Dornkirk was a very powerful ancient they were like we're gonna go colonize gaia they were you know the elon musks <laughs> yeah kind of i would say dornkirk is still the elon musk just in reverse <laughs> you know through throughout the manga like we we have just we're destroying gaia we are actively polluting the planet let's just abandon it right like go to mars whatever that's 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 what the ancients are that's what dornkirk is still doing so they all go to gaia but it's like unpopulated in the past. There's nothing there. And they're like, this sucks. This sucks. And so Dornkirk in the past, he never even wanted to go. He was very young, but he was just a very powerful ancient. So his dad was like, I place a lot of 
like pride in you and I expect great things from you. But he just wanted to like hang out on Earth with all the other <laughs> ancients who were staying and get a hug from his dad. And so like that's truly all that's mo- like. So his motivation in the end is that he's like, I want to return to Earth, even though he's like already dead. He's just like a projection really <laughs> throughout the, like his soul. It's a soul projection of what, what we see throughout this manga. And Hitomi disgustingly kisses his like very rotted skull corpse gross well i mean he'd been dead for so long he was totally desiccated so like probably wasn't it's still rotted sure but like not you're like it's okay Okay. not actively decomposing okay sure fine his mummified yeah mummified he was a mummified person at that point it's gross (laughs) yeah so truly the end catharsis is like hitomi gives him a hug and you're, just, and you're just like, no. See, okay. I'm actually, again, it's not as cool as Dornkirk being Sir Isaac Newton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think it's actually a really good point about how childishness and that kind of selfishness that's completely, it's pretty understandable, right? He never aged past however young he was, really. Like, he got more years added on but he was he was a rock he was not changing like developing you know our brains don't stop changing until we're 25 right right all and all the ancients are literally rocks yeah they are crystallized yeah um so he was stuck in a moment of being like i don't know seven yeah he was really young (laughs) he was really young seven kind of both pressured and abandoned by his father by his parental figure does he even have a mom who knows it doesn't matter point is he and he got on was... a planet with a bunch of teenagers who also abandoned him like exactly what? <laughs> yeah so he was left behind somewhere he didn't want to be with like the responsibility i guess a responsibility he didn't want and he has no chance of like getting his father's approval because he's a, on a different planet um, and we'll never see him again. Yeah. Although I don't know that he really grasps that because he's a seven-year-old eternally. So I think this choice of his being a child, it's not that that redeems his actions. It doesn't. Right. What it does is it makes a really compelling case for that sort of childlike purity, the purity of selfishness, Mm -hmm. um, the purity of actually legit being a victim can itself then victimize a whole planet, almost two whole planets. Yeah. It's a cycle of abuse. Actually, it's it's the cycle of abuse because he is very, very powerful. And I had another thought. Here comes a thought. Here comes a thought. I have then thoughts I in response myself. to your thought if you cannot go recall ahead, your thought. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. Well, so yeah. So that – well, that's – I think it's interesting to then think about it in comparison to this Delandau. Yes. Yes. Because this Delandau – so the thing that happened with this Delandau is that – his dad dies when he's fairly young. And so the night that he had heard Escalina, Escalina sing, 
uh, his mom tried to kill him, but he killed her instead. And so that becomes like the person that Delandau is. Like Delandau's like, I killed my mom. I'm crazy, <laughs> right? Like that's right. insane. And I have to go find my place to belong and the place he found. Like he's from Finalia. So that's his, that's why Vaughn keeps being like, you're Finalian. I should actually try to protect you. My mom told me not to hate you because perpetuating hate doesn't do anything. Like protect, mm-hmm. perpetuating hate just perpetuates more hate, obviously. <laughs> like, right. So yeah, so this Delandau found, you know, his home in evil Zybok land with person who mirrors his experience except doesn't actually get to grow physically old or interact with people whereas Delandell is actually still a growing human being <laughs> right. who just develops into yeah like a great manipulative killing machine like I don't even like we'll get to like a power fight between everyone later in response to <laughs> Astra's brother asking a question but like I actually don't even think this Delandell is that great at fighting like I know Yaifa's like you taught me everything but I think his his still his true power is like manipulation <laughs> yeah I agree which is so wild to think about in comparison to other Delandau who couldn't manipulate his way out of a mitten but um right, <laughs> right. Um, and yet still had very many loyal followers for reasons yes yeah I think and I know we're not really talking about anime Delandau but Part of anime, anime Delandau's appeal, uh, both to the audience and I think to his followers, is in a way there's a purity in him, like a childish, childlike energy, likability yeah. of him. <laughs> okay, appeal, appeal. That right. was the word. Where, like, if you got his approval, if you got him to smile or laugh or something, you'd know it was real. And I think in a way, Manga Delando has that as well. I mean, you wouldn't know it was real because he's a liar and manipulative. <laughs> he's but, such a liar. <laughs> right. But I can see why, you know, Yaifa was so proud to live up to his praise, right? Right. There's something about him that is charismatic and magnetic. And yeah, I think even though he did grow up, right? He's yeah. physically an adult. He is also still stuck in that moment of my mother tried to kill me and I killed her. Um, you know, both those and that's things. that's a powerful move, you know? Super, <laughs> like, super traumatic. Like, my God. <laughs> no wonder he, you know? Um, and like, you know, we can't blame his mom for all the actions he then took. But we can also see like, oh, well, this is the root of something that never got fixed. Yeah, um, because then he kills Vaughn's mom, too. Right. Because he doesn't know... Yeah, he he's afraid. He, is, he and Dornkirk are both deeply afraid of the traumatic thing that happened. And so they make horrible mistakes trying to avoid that thing while making it worse. Yes, of course. Of course. Right, that's how it works. <laughs> that's how it works. Yes. Right. Instead, like they did not learn how to grapple with it like adults, which is what our protagonists are supposed to be showing us. I think, yeah, Vaughn's switch is sort of like, oh, and now he's becoming more adult. But it doesn't really show 
show its work in that way. Right. No, it's like, obviously, yeah, like Vaughn gets his ass beat like 10 times and then is finally like, you know what? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all are right. And again, just the the, the acknowledging it takes away the power of his suckiness, right? And he's just magically good. Yeah, just uh, it doesn't show its work there. Whereas again, Delandal at least like keeps making the same mistake over and over and over. You have all these interactions with him where you're like, maybe he's starting to get it. He, I think he generally in certain moments is starting to get it. And then, you know, just, but then has a, a breakdown again and yeah. goes back to it, right? <laughs> like, yeah, he has a setback, regresses, and ultimately isn't able to overcome it. Yeah. He did. He did a lot of double crossing in this. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, none of it went well for him. No, no. Well, he's a bad guy. He still has to. He he has to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So the bad guys are kind of like fun and definitely like when you think about them in conversation because you know, anime Delandal is also about like a childhood trauma that <laughs> could not right. be gotten over. So like they are still interesting in dialogue with each other but man characters who are fun in the anime like Malerna are not fun in the manga <laughs> no Malerna ugh. oh god just got stripped of everything that made her fascinating in the anime and again not comparison but like she's just another nothing woman character yeah and she's like annoying about it too and it's like oh god <laughs> even worse no yeah Ugh. Stop. <laughs> At least we can feel less weird about like her shipping prospects. <laughs> it's true. You're like, yeah, sure, be with Alan, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You're both nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have some nothing babies. <laughs> Have some nothing babies. <laughs> Off in Esteria, whatever. Bye. Yeah, yeah, fine. <laughs> fine, dip. Cool. Also, so to concretely say why Malerna sucks, Malerna is still a princess. She's like super whiny. She literally doesn't really do anything. Like, she's a roadblock for, like, 75% of the times that she's there. She's like, no, Sir Alan, don't go. You yeah. all should stop involving Asturia. Like, she has no gumption. <laughs> like in she the got anime. to have a moment where she showed, showed some gumption and, like, did something for our characters. Right, we had to redeem her in the end. She did right. the one thing. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it was a little too, it was too little too late. And she still doesn't have any of her own, like, no. her own thing that's her. No. 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 Whereas, like, yeah, an- anime Malerna is like, hello, I'm a princess. And, and I don't really want to be a princess. Yeah, I want to be a doctor. I saved Alan's life. Woo. <laughs> you know, like, I ran away yeah. from home and prefer- performed surgery on Alan. Like, damn, badass. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, similarly with like going back to Hitomi, like Hitomi in the anime is like totally a, a bad, like both, like both of these characters are still feminine and girly, I would say, but like Hitomi goes to a planet where she doesn't know anyone. And there's literally in episode like four, she's, you know, surrounded by Alan and Alan's crew and Vaughn. There's literally like just dicks all around, right? Like <laughs> Doesn't know these people. And she is trying to be like, hey, y'all, you're in danger. You should listen to me. And they're like, they are dismissive of her. They're like, I don't know about that. Like, why don't you go and sit pretty and like (laughs) go over there and it's okay. We'll protect you. We're big, strong men. You know, there's a moment where she's like, hmm, 
maybe. <laughs> and then, but then she like is like insistent that she is correct because she is correct. Um, she is not intimidated by any of these like adverse factors. There's no threats, like real threat of sexual violence in those moments. And that's so that's so delightful. <laughs> okay. And Hitomi is athletic in the anime and like jumps a gap again in episode four or five where she had not made that jump. Like if she had missed the landing, she would have died, but she does it, you know, like badass. She's always fighting with Vaughn, like literally just like she doesn't have the armor. She's not inside the robot <laughs> like she is in the manga. <laughs> she doesn't get to be in the robot with Vaughn. Vaughn doesn't get to be in the robot with her. She's just like on his shoulder being like, hello, I'm a target. <laughs> like in the anime all the time. <laughs> like badass. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, no, this Hitomi. So, but yeah, we didn't mention that this Hitomi and Vaughn, they both get to be in the cockpit. And again, it's not, it's actually like not sexual in the way that like Darling of the Franks is sexual <laughs> or something, right? Like, you know, but it's still definitely like, what, what the heck is, is Vaughn doing? here he doesn't seem Mm -hmm. to be doing anything he's not like pressing but like maybe the implication was he's pressing buttons it's very unclear you don't need him there you don't need him (laughs) (laughs) that's all i'm saying i'm just throwing it out you don't need him in the you don't need him okay so the only other characters worth talking about that mirror the anime are von's mom and alan's dad alan's dad is definitely like you don't need him here in the anime he was way more interesting (laughs) right Vaughn's mom, again, there's an annoying thing where she's a woman that is just constantly a damsel in distress, right? Like she's kidnapped by the Landau the entire time. Yes. Um, Can't really do things on her own, but I think she has more of an impact on what happens uh, than Vaughn's mom in the anime, despite being like the link between Vaughn and the ancients or the Atlanteans in the anime. Escalina gives us the message, I guess, gives Vaughn and Delandau the message about breaking the cycle of hate, but like dies, like total anime mom death. Like why? (laughs) Come on. Like, I guess I can cut it some slack because it was made a while ago. And we hadn't seen so many dead anime moms yet, but oh my God, I don't need more dead anime moms. You don't need more dead anime moms. That's fair. Yeah, I would say like Vaughn's mom is a presence in the anime, even though she's not alive. We get like memories of her and everything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like her importance in the anime is less like she does deliver messages about their power and everything but it's more like she created a conflict by being an Atlantean you know like being a person with wings and Vaughn carrying on that legacy and what it means and the discrimination they face like the as draconians and everything uh which is not you know present here at all (laughs) like that's not the point right um so so like an anime mom is, is more interesting but by way of like what she is rather than who she is still yeah yeah (laughs) um so like neither of them is super like my favorite character or anything like 
So there are some manga exclusive characters whom we should mention. Some of them we've already mentioned. One of them we actually haven't, even though, because you don't need her, but, <laughs> but she's kind of fun. But so Lugusu is a creepy old man who is protector of like the spring where they learn about the ancients and they also have energist powers and everything. But he is very much a 90s, like we thought having creepy, lecherous old men was a fun trope for a hot second there. Oh, yeah. Holdover. Yeah. He's Master Roshi. Yes, exactly. And you know, <laughs> no. <laughs> but just, so he exists. He's a he's a guy. He helps them out sometimes. That's how they learn. Like Hitomi learns. She can turn her arm into a blast beam. Like, that's fun. <laughs> um, so sh- there's a, Finalian named Shion, who is Balgus's daughter. Because Balgus is there for, you know, the hot second that he is also there in the anime um, as the sword master Tavon. There's not much to say there. But, but he has a daughter in the manga who has tit armor. <laughs> <laughs> who has titty spikes. <laughs> because, because Shonen. <laughs> And she she is there to be like, hello, crappy Vaughn. You forgot about your people. All you care about is your mom. And you're the reason that we're in this situation in the first place because you suck and you suck. And so we're going to do all the things on our own. And Vaughn's like, I have our god, Escaflone. And she's like, let me get in there too. And they're like, oh, And that was great. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I want to be in the robot too. And they're like, no, it's crowded in there. And then she's like, I'm getting in the robot. And they're like, fine. (laughs) Don't poke us with your titty spikes. (laughs) They did not say that. They should have. They were thinking it. They should have. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think Vaughn spends a lot of time thinking about her spikes. He just thinks about her tits straight up. I don't think he thinks about those either. I don't think he, like, understands that <laughs> she is a woman. Oh, yeah, that's true. She's, like, totally friend-zoned. He's just, like, annoying woman. Not, not, I, I, I know there was that moment where Hitomi asks her if she has a crush on Vaughn, and she's, like, blushy, no, but I don't think she actually would. No, they wouldn't. No. There's no, no. chemistry there. No. No. Um, but like, so she, she like could have been fun, but her, she had a single plot purpose, which she served in volume like two or three and then is like not important anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I want to get to Yaifa like last actually, because he's the most fun. So we have some crappy other evil people who are, they're like synthetic energist people. Yeah. Are they worth discussing? No. I acknowledge one of them looks like mass it looks like Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They're called the Steel Demons. They all suck. No, we have to talk about Opal because he sucks so much. <laughs> I hate him. Fine. Uh fine. <laughs> <laughs> Opal becomes like ringleader of synthetic energists. He he's the he's like He's definitely becomes the one like how Delandal is like the woman is the one that I have to kill. She's the one who's ring leading everything in the anime. Delandal has those moments like that's Opal (laughs) 
in the manga, Opal is like, the woman thinks that she's better than me, but she's just a whore and like, I must kill her and I'm a perfect being. And she's driving me insane, like literally driving me insane, <laughs> blowing me up. And he's like prime rapist man. And he he is what like really tanks this manga for me, honestly. Like if he, if he just wasn't here, like this manga would be like, all right, it's fine. Like it's nothing special, but it's fine. Wow. <laughs> you know, I actually really believe that. <laughs> wow. Okay. Freaking Opal. He's he's given so much presence for a while. It's true. He's just so prominent. Like you, uh, and he sucks. He's horrible <laughs> in like a non-interesting way. Yeah. Ah, delete him. So our other friends. So we should call talk a little bit about Colt and Sheila. Sheila. I don't know. Sheila. Sheila. Why is there an extra H? I don't understand. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Nothing compared to Naria and Area, but yeah. but kind of fun. Also weird. Why? Yeah. Like, why was Colt allowed to be a Pokemon for a? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're shapeshifters. Are they, they still shapeshift? I guess we never saw. Um, we never saw Zongi do it. So I guess I I was like confused that they still had some of the same powers as like anime Zongi. Yeah, we we only saw Shilha and Colt do it. Yeah. And it, I guess it was unclear, like, how they could do that. But they did do it. They did do it. They did it, it once. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, they did it twice because you saw them earlier and it weirdly lingered on them in, like, a, a throwaway panel. It, like, gave a full body shot of them. Mm. And you were like, okay, that's weird. They're going to be weird. <laughs> you know, mm. like... um. And then they came back like that, like two volumes later. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, like when they were, because they're basically like infiltrated Alan's dad's camp. Alan's dad is basically just like a sh crappy rogue pirate man, <laughs> essentially. Like he, he's a rebel without a cause, except the cause is always Zybok. But anyway, um, so he has his own little band of rebel misfits people that they like had infiltrated and when they first meet them yeah there's a weird shot that lingers on cult and sheila and then they like you know go fight some battles for a while and then you like return to their camp and they're there being mm -hmm. weird mm -hmm. and they the only way they were fun because they gave alan a personality for a hot second <laughs> <That was it. laughs> There was yes. one time they gave Alan a personality and that was fun. <laughs> yes. Because their thing is that I would say they are actually like they are less sexy than Naria and Aria are. Correct. In the anime. Yes. But they are mo more much more invested in always going for the low hanging sex joke. <laughs> um, yes. Than Naria and Aria were. Like they had their moments. But that was not their whole personality <laughs> um so again they're like they're loyal to zongi they really admire him they think they're badasses they're always gonna say a sex joke and so they made it that were the only time that that was fun was when they were fighting alan and alan like said yes and <laughs> to it you know like, 
And it was great. And it was great. <laughs> Excellent. Only good Alan moment. Only good Alan moment. Only like notable Alan moment. <laughs> it was great. I love it. A plus plus. Otherwise, all of these characters. Eh. <laughs> Correct. And as discussed, Escaflone and Finalia as characters were like, eh? Eh? I would have liked to know more. Yeah, like, them. tell me more, but, like, didn't, so, eh? Eh. But, so, Yaifa is, like, the one worthy manga-exclusive guy. But he's your guy, so you can talk about Yaifa. <laughs> is he my guy? Yeah, um, you love that guy. I feel like they did squander some of his potential in the later volumes, and I was like, aw. Of course they I did. I wanted more of him. <laughs> Yaifa is, uh the strongest Zybok mech pilot, actually. More than Delando. Yeah, he gets more of, like, Delando being the pyromaniac in the anime. Like, that is more Yaifa's. But not, like, he's not insane about it. <laughs> he just, no. like, gets the mech that does the fire. <laughs> yeah. Yaifa is actually probably the most sane character in this whole manga. Yeah. Does, does that seem fair? Fair assessment I, of Yaifa? I would agree, yes. Yeah. He's very reasonable, and he's like an upstanding guy, and he is consistently listed as Zybach's top assassin, which I find hilarious. I think that's kind of a mistranslation <laughs> of whatever whatever the word actually was, because uh -oh. he's not an assassin. He's not sneaky. <laughs> no, he's not sneaky. His thing shoots fire. No, it's definitely just like whenever they're like, okay, we have a big opponent that somebody else couldn't take out, like send Yaifa. Send Yaifa and the flame, whatever it was called, Flame Knight? Night, Night right. of Flame or something, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I bet it was like Hitokiri or something, Manslayer. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, anyway, um, Yaifa's a great guy. So he's from Zybach. He actually really wants Zybok to be a good place and he wants Zybok to take over the world because he genuinely thinks that will end war. I guess he's kind of the Falcon. Oh, he is the Falcon. You're right. Maybe that's why he's so compelling. Yes. Okay. Falcon's better. Anyway, we're not doing that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yaifa um, has this huge... Okay, no. Backing up. Uh, Yaifa like, takes care of the refugees that are in Zybok. Like, he makes sure they have food even if they don't have good shelter or anything yeah even though they're slaves of zybok yeah when when von was wandering around zybok uh yaifa helped him get around a bit he was like hey are you a refugee let me help you not realizing that that was the prince that he was supposed to kill yeah oops oops he he's genuinely only good at one thing he's only <laughs> yes piloting a mech <laughs> he is one of Delando, or he was one of Delando's subordinates, and Delando kind of trained him to be good at fighting. Um, and now he has overtaken Delando in skill. So he has this huge man crush on Delando. Yeah. Which actually makes his job hard because Delando, in the midst of double crossing literally everyone he ever meets, <laughs> double crosses the Zybok Empire. And so the Zybok Empire is like, all right, Yaifa, go kill Delando. And Yaifa's like, um, I don't really want to, Yeah, but I will, <laughs> but he doesn't, but he won't. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause, but then the thing that like makes him question his loyalty and also his purpose in life is seeing 
Zybach abandon its citizens and its refugees. He's like, oh my God, like, what have I been doing? What is my purpose? I've been following orders, believing that, you know, the Zybach Empire is a glorious thing, but this goes against what I personally think is right. I think it's good to help people, and you are doing the opposite of helping people. You are killing all of them. Um, <laughs> and so he has this whole crisis of faith, and then, oh, lucky him, Delando shows back up, and he's like, well, maybe I will complete this one last order and just, you know, give some meaning to my life, and then he doesn't. No. <laughs> he doesn't which is sad and then he dies because <laughs> Delano kills him because <laughs> Delando kills him which again is another example of Delando hurting himself <laughs> yeah but also sucks for Yaifa yeah yeah no yeah Yaifa is definitely the falcon and to be fair I think that falcon's turn of allegiance also is kind of like hmm? <laughs> in the anime oh, yeah. uh Rushed, yeah. rushed a little bit, you know. <laughs> uh, right, right. So yeah, so it's it's like I I somewhat understand Yaifa. Like, no, I I get Yaifa. Like, because I am definitely the I want to follow orders and like equate that to being a good person, right? Like, if I'm doing things for others, it feels nice. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. So the Zybok Empire still has this guise of like oh, we're not going to go to Mars, you know? Like, we're not going to go colonize Earth. It's like, we're doing this to end all war. Like, we all unite uh, under colonialism, <laughs> basically. Like, there there will be no more wars. And, I, you know, he, he believes that message. Like, okay, fine, fair enough. Humans <laughs> believe that message for hundreds of years. Like, whatever, yeah, you yeah. know? Um. And, you know, he's he's unaware of, like, climate change yet and everything that they're doing to the planet. So, f fine, fine, whatever. But, yeah, it's uh, it's just a shame that it was, uh, the turn was a bit rushed and then, uh, you know, the Landau fight couldn't have been more compelling than him just being like, but the Landau taught me everything, so I'll let him right. stab me. right. Just admit that you love him. Oh my god, yeah. That's this is my OTP is definitely Yaifa Delando. Like they Oh absolutely. They love each other so much. Yeah. <laughs> Delando in every universe, loved by his subordinates. Yep. Still weird. In a sexual way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just so pretty. He is pretty. <laughs> he is pretty. He's pretty, I get it. Yeah. And nobody cut his beautiful face in this one, you know? You didn't have to go cheek, 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 cheek. <laughs> Man. All right. Okay, now we shall do listener questions slash comments from mostly your brother. But <laughs> hi, Andrew. I guess he's my brother, too. Whatever. Yeah. Our brother, Andrew. Weird. Yeah. It's okay. He can just be my brother. <laughs> At Phantom Chalice F on Blue Sky now. I do everything on Blue Sky now. Get with the program, everybody. Make making some Isakai jokes says Isakai. Isa okay. Are you okay? Groan. <laughs> I'm just peachy. <laughs> Isakai isn't okay though. <laughs> Anymore. <laughs> Sword Out Online broke that crap. Anyway. <laughs>
so he wants us, we have to compare power levels between this, the TV, and the movie. Like, which Vaughn would win in a fight between the Vaughns? All right. Let's do this. Okay. Well, this is it. This one, Vaughn in particular is easy. Like, if we're talking yes. straight, like, who would kick each other's ass in a fight, movie Vaughn would one stab both anime Vaughn and manga Vaughn. They're dead. One, one, yeah. one try. Like, <laughs> movie Vaughn is... He's a, he's a sweet boy in the end, like, but he he kills a whole ship of people in yeah, no. the first five he minutes. He is a like, he's feral... <laughs> he's a feral <laughs> child. Like, <laughs> feral samurai child, yeah. Yes. So um, he's not messing and around. anime Vaughn could absolutely take manga Vaughn as well. Yeah, like, anime Vaughn doesn't want... Like, manga Vaughn is, like, shoving anime Vaughn, being like, fight me, you pansy. Fight me, fight me, fight me. And anime Vaughn is like, I don't really want to do that, but, like, if you insist. <laughs> and then kicks and then his ass. And then just, like, one shot, yeah. slice his head off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's how this would go down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hitomi. Hitomi's. Anime Hitomi definitely wins everything. No, we talked about this. No, wh- oh, right. <laughs> If it's a straight power thing. So anime Hitomi obviously is the best Hitomi. Yes. But in a straight power competition of some sort. Yeah. Manga Hitomi. Yeah, because manga Hitomi can turn her arm into a gun. Blast. Yeah, into a blast cannon. <laughs> yeah. Also, she's a rock and indestructible, essentially. Because yeah. you can just summon her again. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. She definitely has the most ability to fight. Yeah. I think movie Hitomi dies. Yeah. <laughs> movie Hitomi is the one who will die the fastest. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And to be clear, anime Vaughn is the best Vaughn. Like t- oh, TV yeah. anime Vaughn is the best Vaughn. TV yeah. anime Hitomi is best Hitomi. <laughs> yes. But if we're talking straight power levels. Straight DBZ power levels. Yes. <laughs> All right. Straight DBZ power levels. Alan. Anime, anime Allen. Allen. <laughs> yeah, TV Anime Allen. TV Anime Allen, for sure. Absolutely. Yes. Unfortunately for Malerna, we have to answer Movie Malerna. <laughs> yes. Movie Malerna, in a straight fight, can fight. Yes. Whereas TV Anime Malerna, who is the superior Malerna, yes. um, is a doctor. <laughs> and a princess. Yes. <laughs> who's constantly wearing fluffy dresses. Yes. No, no knives or swords. No. A scalpels, yes. Knives or swords, no. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, no. that's what I'm saying. Whereas uh, movie Malerna definitely was like, I'm sexy and I'll cut you. <laughs> yeah, no. She's got pants or at least leggings. Yeah. From what I remember. And like is part of a underground rebellion. So like, yeah, she can fight. Yeah, she's part of like Alan's like fight crew. And you're like, okay, cool. Delandau. Oh, yeah. No, this one's hard. This one is hard. Because all the Delandows. No, movie Delandow dies. Right. Movie Delandow is a pansy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's between TV Delandow and manga Delandow. That's really hard for me, actually. Yeah. I do think TV Delandow wins in a straight fight with mechs. (sighs) With mechs. I think. I think his mech is better. His mech is definitely better. I think the anime mechs are better. (laughs) See, but if it's just sword, like Mm. person, I think manga Delanda wins. 
You might be right. Have we ever seen TV DeLando just fight as a human? I mean, he gets cut in the cheek by Vaughn because he engaged in a non-neck fight there, right? But uh, otherwise, I don't recall Yeah, another scene where, yeah, we just stay, see him straight up, like, fight with his horn. <laughs> yeah. So I think Manga Deland does advantage there, advantage there is twofold in that he's we have seen him fight with a sword or at least kill people with a sword. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not necessarily the same thing. And I think it's easier for him to get in somebody's head when they can see him. Mm, yeah. He's more of a manipulator, uh, obviously, than TV or movie Delandow. Yeah, like TV Delandow just wants to come in his scary mech and be like, burn, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He doesn't want you to see him outside of that. <laughs> yeah, I think just loose in the world, uh, Manga Delandow actually wins because Manga Delandow will use anything and everything. And TV Delandow is only good at two things, piloting Maxon being just completely off his rocker <laughs> <laughs> yes but i think in a mech fight tv the landau is will just dominate maybe not dominate but would win yeah for sure agree i think those are the only characters that carry through all three versions you might be right because we get yeah. a lot of characters oh, well Balgus, but Balgus is i think the same in all three yeah Balgus so. is the same <laughs> i can't rank based on what i know of Balgus. i can't rank who would yeah. win there <laughs> Balgus is Balgus. they're not even different no no <laughs> it's, it's just the same guy shows up in all three um yeah yeah, yeah. because certain people are only in two yeah. Like Jajuka. <laughs> right. <laughs> and to be clear, I believe we would pick Wait. Wait. Oh, Dornkirk is only in two. Yeah. Never mind. Because right. Falcon is the main bad in right. the movie. I forgot. I forgot. Yep. Yeah, I again to be clear, I think for like favoritist version of any character, we would pick all anime tv <laughs> yeah i like the movie but it's definitely like again it's something that i don't think holds up on its own like you can only watch it in relation to the series the tv series to like really get anything out of it <laughs> yeah and i even with that like I don't like it as much as the TV series. No, no. It's very weak on character. We got definitely was like the anime was running pretty hard on vibes, but like <laughs> definitely made like the plot progressed in such a way there was logic that it set up for you. You're like, okay, I'm following. The movie was like vibes gritty and vibes <laughs> you know like those were the only words it needed it was like let's go <laughs> and you're like okay also like movie hitomi is depressed 
and like yeah it's just weird it's like the hbo escaflote you know yeah 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 Yeah. and you're like eh i don't know if i needed that i don't know (laughs) like i didn't need it it was fine it's fine i didn't need it all right so your brother also made another silly comment that says it is now canon that all truck-coons are the reincarnation of shonen mangavan trying to create worse and worse isekai series. No, again, Sword Art Online did that. <laughs> Sword Art Online did that. I pinned it on Sword Art Online. Okay, so Megan of the Manga Test Drive blog is at Brainchild129 on Blue Sky and other social medias asks, since Aki's adaptation clearly did not work for you, how would you adapt this version of the story into something that didn't suck? And you can't just say, turn it into the anime we actually got. <laughs> All right. So, well, first, I think, so to establish, like, adapt the version that, so the dictates that I know about of what this version was, was, like, it was shown in, uh, mo- like, more mechs, I think, like, emphasis on the mechs. Uh, Hitomi had glasses and was more ordinary girl, you know, like, but yeah, like beyond those things and obviously like characters remained pretty the same, Prince Vaughn, you know, like Finalia. I'm not quite sure what other exact things went into those discussions, right? Like I'm not privy to like every little thing. Maybe at one point I was because I was definitely... In, you know, 2000 internet, all I did was go on Escaflone fan sites, like, (laughs) you know, like, but I was also 10, so (laughs) it was a long time ago. So as I've said elsewhere in this podcast, if you could just make it like no rape, (laughs) it would would greatly (laughs) improve (laughs) the story if there was less Hitomi titties. And I know that I think actually fan service, like having more fan service is part of like make it more shonen like part mm-hmm. of the dictate to make it more shonen so like fine keep the titties but like no no, no don't. don't change shonen to not require Actually, that don't don't ask ridiculously logical things <laughs> <laughs> don't don't <laughs> just like yeah don't rate women that would be cool and as we said i think like if you're gonna make Escaflone a ancient who powers the god of Finalia who was once a guy, like, please tell me more. Like, what? <laughs> like, I think basically get rid of all the superfluous characters. Okay, you need Alan. Like, please give him a personality. <laughs> uh, give him, give him. Like, again, it was set up that he had some mysterious backstory and you're like is it just that his dad is a weird rebel man like (laughs) i need more than that like i want more give delandow more catharsis like i don't know (laughs) it's like not easy catharsis but like catharsis (laughs) yeah let yaifa win against delandow he doesn't have to kill him let him win let him win take out all the bad guys we didn't like. Oh yeah, you don't. You don't Irrelevant. need. There was a bad guy introduced literally in volume eight, and you're like named, had lingering shots, battle scenes. You're like, I don't. What? 
I don't need this person. <laughs> Rovu or whatever her name was. Like, I don't need her. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, to me, it's just like, I don't know. Uh, maybe I should read some of the parts in the back of volume eight. They have a little interview, you know. Uh, and I think they discussed how he like kind of rushed the beginning because he was like, I need an excuse to get Hitomi to Ga- Gaia, basically. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to find it. Yes, Shoji Kawamori is like, I was really surprised when Hitomi turned into a jewel in volume one, you know? Like, yeah, me too. Like, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> I just like, this whole mechanic could have been so interesting and instead the only other person who's not evil, who gets to do it, is creepy old man Lagoose. <laughs> right. Uh, like, the only other true energist we meet is creepy old man Lagusu, and, like, Hitomi doesn't get to explore it that much. Like, you can keep that mechanic. That's a cool mechanic. Just tell me more. <laughs> Make it a focus. And that that's basically what he, he said. That concept took me a while to hatch up. You know, my first draft didn't have the robots showing up until later in the story, but the editors told me early on that I had to have robots in the first chapter. <laughs> Without Hitomi's <laughs> energist body, the story wouldn't have progressed fast enough. So, like, I actually, like, don't disagree with this original premise that, you know, Katsuaki had. I just wanted him to flesh it out more instead of making it like it was an excuse to get her to Gaia <laughs> and have a robot in chapter one, you know? Like, that's all I ask. It's simple stuff. Because again, I, I don't feel like I don't fundamentally actually disagree with like having a shonen manga version of this. Oh, I think also the other things that we didn't really touch too much on in this is that like, there is a strong undercurrent of like more stereotypical sci-fi, like Cybok is polluting the planet and we must stop them. They like don gas masks while they're infiltrating a pipe to go like one of Cybok's exhaust pipes to go infiltrate Zybok. They like use that and they put on gas masks. And I'm like, I am a big old concerned sucker about climate change like please make that a main plot of the story don't make that like uh oh we can see on the surface that zybok is evil but that's not the real evil like the real evil is they want to go colonize earth you know (laughs) like eh. Mm -hmm. and not that like i don't have plenty of climate stories already but just like I am into that niche, so I I would have personally appreciated it more if it focused on that. (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, Those are some of my bigger takes on, like, what I would have done while keeping a lot of the same premise that Katsuaki came up with on his own or was dictated to from other people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, I don't know if you have anything. No, that's pretty much the shape of it. Don't be a coward. Keep Hitomi's glasses on her face the whole time. Don't don't pull a Barbie <laughs> feminist girl crap like, oh, we just couldn't see how pretty you are because you had glasses on. No. Commit. I'm so picky. <laughs> Raging feminists. <laughs> uh-huh, sure. sure. I'm not. <laughs> I try to be. <laughs> uh, it's exhausting. exhausting. Yeah, so 
Yeah. Like, I, I think there's actually a lot of interesting things here. And the manga is not as bad as we laughably, like, led up to in my Blue Sky posts and everything. It's just, like, it's also not good or exceptional, <laughs> you know? It's not good, much less exceptional, <laughs> you know? <laughs> much much less noteworthy than the anime. Them's my thoughts. That's my hot takes. And so all of these versions have something to say about fate and the power of your emotions to affect everything, which, like, you know, that's a fairly shoujo statement to say, even in a shonen manga. In the manga, we get a lot of, like, the way this comes out is that Hitomi sees less visions of the future where she's trying to enact a different future based because she doesn't like what she saw right like so based on her will and her emotions and her feelings a la anime Hitomi (laughs) this is like she's seeing sentiment visions quote unquote (laughs) from the past she's basically like entering the minds of different characters and seeing the horrible incident that altered their life and like shapes their thinking and how that has turned them into who they are <laughs> uh, and how who that made them affects everything they do, <laughs> right? And again, I it just like that's fine and good and everything, but it just doesn't land as strongly because it feels like Hitomi sees those things in the manga. Like she sees Doran Kirk just wanted a hug from his dad <laughs> or like mm-hmm. Delandau really just wants to be loved, wanted his mom to love him and not try to kill him, right? Yeah, like right. wanted to, wants to resolve those emotions. So she feels like, She's like, oh, well, now I've unlocked the secret to their sadness and pain and I can solve it. And it's like, that's very pat, right? Like, Right, right. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in the anime, it's like very complex layering of like, okay, maybe Hitomi changed the future once and it was fine, right? But it's like those decisions compound And then it becomes more and more and more entangled. And like there's a message about anxiety and like the further entangling that that becomes. And it's just like, oh, your emotions can bind you. And she gets conflicting views on those things from like Vaughn's mom being like, hey, this is like what destroyed Atlantis and everything. But like Hitomi's grandmother who gave her the pendant being like, no, Uh, Your wishes are powerful and you should lean into them, right? Like she's getting like from a a lot of different people, a lot of different views on this. And there's no like pat, easy resolution to anything that happens there. Mm. And so I'm just like, eh, manga had a chance to say something interesting. And I just think in the end it was really boring, especially in comparison. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're like, yes, hard agree, 100%. Yeah. Write write the paper, seal it. (laughs) 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 and yeah i mean the only thing left is a 
two seconds shipping corner. So Malerna and Alan, like, sure, be together, whatever. <laughs> yep, that's fine. That's fine. There was no tension. Nope. None. All of the tension came from Malerna just being like, no, but fighting Zybok is scary. And what if Alan gets stabbed? Boring. <laughs> I mean, Alan created tension when he endangered the people of Asturia, but he did that better in the anime. I mean, we, we, we should stop comparing it. I can't help it. No, it's, it's there. It's lying there. Ugh. It's lying there. And I love the sure anime is. so much. I've watched it so many times. It's like, I know downloaded into my brain <laughs> i know i know uh anyway <laughs> so there was implied romance between finalia and escaflone right yeah but they're both such nothing characters yeah i i w- it it actually made me want to know more though which you can't say about most of the things in this manga no, right? Yeah, you're like, <laughs> so how did you all establish a land where, like, Escaflone became the guardian? The guardian goddess. The guardian goddess. Like, what happened to Finalia, like, right? as an energist dude, you know? <laughs> like, uh, I have questions. Um, <laughs> they are not yeah. resolved by this. no. no. Fanfic time. Fanfic time. No, thank you. I have other <laughs> fanfics to write. I got all my Jude Mila fix mm, <laughs> Tales of Zillia mm-hmm, mm-hmm, lying mm-hmm. around. My 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 bleach but shoujo fied original <laughs> content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, and it's hard to root for them as a couple, Finale and Escaflone, because yeah, we saw them like abandon a child and wasn't there like a third guy in here too or something? Like or yeah, a fourth guy? Fraid. Fraid. Oh yeah, Fraid. Also a non presence. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't feel bad for Fraid. Yeah. Oh, just yeah, Prince Sheed was here. We didn't talk about him. He's the same. He didn't do anything. He didn't yeah. do anything and he's the same. He's a sweet yeah. little boy. He did a lot more in the anime. <laughs> he did do more in the anime. He did some of the same things in the manga. And he's just he still did. a cute little boy. He did. But he wasn't Alan's kid either. That's so true. That was weird. Yeah, it was. See, anime Alan's so fun because really that anime is just about the slow breaking of Alan. <laughs> 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 and it's delightful. <laughs> yeah. It's just Alan yeah. taking more and more damage points. <laughs> yeah. Chivalry is dead, folks. Yeah. Alan Shazar proves it. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, I keep chivalry wishes it was dead. <laughs> I get Asher keeps uh, arguing with me that like Hitomi didn't really love Vaughn in the anime, and I'm like, I did. I that is not what I am arguing. Okay, I am arguing that the transition <laughs> was poorly executed. Okay, whatever. She always loved Vaughn. Vaughn was the focus. Alan was a false ideal. <laughs> okay. And the anime is really just a story about the slow breaking of Alan. <laughs> okay. But you know how we were arguing about Vaughn not showing his work? Yeah. Okay. Hitomi, show me your work. No. All right. No. 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 That applies to <laughs> definitely both of them as a romantic couple in this. Because, okay, it's actually very funny in this. Hitomi is like, 
all in on Vaughn from the get-go, I guess. I mean, he's annoying through the first two volumes. So she's like, can you stop being annoying? And then once he stopped being annoying, she's like, oh my God, yay. Right? Like, Prince Vaughn, hot. Cool. Um, <laughs> Want to protect him all the time. So Manga Hitomi tells Vaughn that she loves him twice. And Vaughn... <laughs> Vaughn says both times... I love you too, Hitomi and Alan <laughs> and, and all the people of Gaia or something. And you're just like, damn. <laughs> like, yeah, it's exactly what Hikaru <laughs> says at the end of Magic Night. <laughs> when Lantis is like, what's marriage? What, what, do, what do people on your planet do when they're in love? And Hikaru's like, get married. And Lantis is like, who do you want to get married to? Hikaru's like, Lantis and Eagle and Umi and Fu and <laughs> everyone on Sephira. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's real hard. Like, Hitomi is saying that in a, like, I want to smooch you. She does smooch him once. <laughs> in- she did. And he was like, uh. He was like, uh, okay. <laughs> he was like, thanks i guess like he very much is so confused and like i thought we were friends (laughs) even though he has seen her naked so maybe because he's seen her naked so many times now he's just like this is just yeah (laughs) you know literally i think through half if not more of volume eight hitomi does not have clothes okay like That is not an exaggeration. I'm not exaggerating. No, I know. That is just straight up the truth, okay? And so, like, yeah, Vaughn and Atomi, sure, a couple that are very funny. (laughs) (laughs) And again, the one true pairing in this is Yaifa and Delano. Yes. May they have a wonderful life killing each other. <laughs> no, now it's weird because Delanda's gonna be a six year old forever. Oh, you're right. Ugh. Too bad. Jaifa couldn't even get what he wanted in the afterlife. Sad. No. That's okay. It dodged a bullet. There. He dodged a bullet, it's true. Where he's Delandal's helping him out. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else that we should say about Shonen? Manga Escaflone. No. No, you're like, we've already said too much about Jonah Manga Escaflone. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We have. We have. All right. Some of it was about anime Escaflone. And you can never say too much about anime Escaflone, okay? That's... (laughs) I could talk about... Somebody... Why does nobody invite me on their podcast to talk (laughs) about anime Escaflone? I am begging you, please. Please. Anybody. Okay. I'll stop begging now and do an outro. Thanks for listening to Shoujo and Tell. Comments, questions, constructor criticism, concerns. Need to tell us how much you disliked this manga or liked it. I would be so intrigued. <laughs> Email Shoujo and Tell at gmail.com or leave a comment on the episode's YouTube page. We're at Shoujo and Tell on Blue Sky, Tumblr, and Instagram. And I will maintain my Twitter presence, but I do not support. I can't even say 
it's not Twitter anymore, but he named it a letter that you don't pronounce in Japanese titles. So like, it's <laughs> it's nothing now. That's all I'm saying. Like, uh, Blue sky holic. Blue sky holic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, oh god, blue sky holic spy fam hunter hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you cannot find Asher on the internet. He's mine. He's a rabbi. Wow. Rabbi Asher. You can find him on LinkedIn. <laughs> cool. No, you can't. Are you excited every time you see a new episode from us? If so, please consider leaving a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you want to leave ratings. I don't even know anymore. Stitcher is dead. Like, I don't know where you do those things anymore. Just do it. This will help the podcast reach more hearts or at least ears. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next time for Don't Quote Me on This. But, Asher, are you ready? Uh-huh. Are you ready? I can see I can see what you're about to say. Yeah. Yeah. But are you ready? I think I'm more ready for that than I was for this. Okay, great. <laughs> we're, I think we're going to do. Uh, we're going to go for broke. Go, go keep staying the, stay in the 90s or whatever. And do the shoujo manga version of Cowboy Bebop. Yes. Yes. Again, my ride or die anime, not Evangelion, not Cowboy Bebop, not Sailor Moon, Escaflone. But I have seen Cowboy Bebop. I've even watched the Netflix version. So, you know, I have, I'm not, I know things. (laughs) See you, Space Cowboy. Never stop Digivolving. Oh man.